I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We co-host Pantsuit Politics, a podcast seeking nuance in political conversation. Along the way, we've realized the rest of life is filled with nuance, too. So we come here each week to commemorate the moments in our lives, moments beyond birthdays, weddings, and funerals, that deserve celebration. It's an opportunity to see ourselves in a new season and to reflect on the messiness of living wisely. Welcome to The Nuance Life, everyone. We're excited that you're here for our new format, and we're going to focus on your commemorations. It's our favorite part of the show and where we really want to spend our time. So today, you will hear us talking about a couple of really interesting commemorations, and then we're going to share a little bit of feedback on our gift-giving conversation from the last episode. We want to make sure that you know that there will still be a bonus episode once a month that will be a conversation between the two of us about a topic on Patreon. So you can go to patreon.com com slash the nuance life for five dollars a month you'll get that extra episode as well our first commemoration comes from sloan she says earlier this summer beth had an experience at a baseball game with a homophobic fan that she talked about on the podcast i emailed and asked to know if you got any response of the best thing to do well i had a similar experience the other week and wanted to share it i was at my deep south college alma mater's football game against one of our oldest rivals with my brother we were sitting in seats that our family has had for years but i didn't know the two guys next to us The one sitting next to me cheered for our team while his friend cheered for the rival team. Basically, they were the type of guys that give men a bad name. After a big play for our team early in the game, the guy sitting next to me put his arm around my waist to give me a hug. It obviously made me uncomfortable, so I switched places with my brother until I put on my big girl pants and realized that if he did it again, I would just tell him not to touch me like that. A little while later, there was a video on the big screen raising awareness for sexual assault. A female student said one in five women are sexually assaulted. A male student said one in 16 men are sexually assaulted. And then a transgender student came on the board. I didn't get to hear their statistic because the guy sitting next to me that cheered for the other team yelled to his friend, ooh, y'all got transgenders. I sat there horrified for a half a second, having an internal debate with myself. And then I finally looked at him and yelled back, hey, that is not okay. No, it wasn't the impassioned Julia Sugarbaker speech of my dreams, and he didn't respond to me, but there it was. I'm not even 100% sure he heard me, but I continued to give him death stares the rest of the game. Later, when our team was soundly kicking his team's rear end, I took a few minutes to pray. I thanked God for giving me the courage to say something, and I asked him to send this man something that is different to love and care for, that he would know we are all God's children and deserve love and care and respect. I also prayed for that student that was brave and put themselves out there that they would know love and respect and care. So this commemoration is for Beth and for me and for anyone else out there that sees something that isn't right and doesn't say anything, but it puts a mark on their hearts. And it's also for Beth and for me and for anyone who sees something that isn't right and says and does something, even if it's not the impassioned Julia Sugarbaker speech of our dreams. Sloan, this touched me in a way that I can't even describe. Thank you for sharing it with us. I think the way that you recognize that there is not... The kind of TV moment that we wish in these situations, but just saying something matters and feeling something matters. And what really touched me in this commemoration is that moment of prayer after Mm -hmm. the moment ended where you don't just sit and be hardened against your neighbor in the stands, but you hope for something better for that person. I think that's so beautiful. I know I read that and I thought, this is how we are going to change the world, not just speaking up in that moment and saying, that is not right, but then taking a beat a moment later to, like you said, not harden our heart against that person to realize that the reason we care that it's not right is that we are all connected, including 
the person that said it. I just thought that was so, so powerful. Good job, Sloan. Good job. And it is transformative to think that way because I think so much of our desire to protect certain groups right now, and this can be true from any political angle or religious angle or team rivalry angle, but in our desire to protect certain groups of people that we care about, sometimes I fear that the only way we know how to do that is to make enemies of the people that we find threatening them. Mm-hmm. And to recognize, as Sloan does, that you can both protect and love the perpetrator of injustice at the same time, that is so enormously powerful. And I think it is the essence of what's missing right now in our culture. So I think there's so much encapsulated in this message, and it's a really big deal. Yeah, totally. Love it, Sloan. You are doing the Lord's work. That was amazing. We also heard from Caitlin. Caitlin writes, this past year has been rather crazy for me, especially in regards to my work. I am a nanny, so my job is often unpredictable. Usually I love it, but this past year has been a long string of rejection and disappointment. In February, I was hired for a part-time position only to be dropped like a hot potato with no explanation only six weeks later. In April, I was let go from an online position that I had held for 14 months because they had developed software to do the job I had been doing for them. Later that month, I scored a new nanny position with fantastic hours, but only two weeks before the start date, they told me they had a family emergency and would no longer need me. In June, I moved 500 miles across the country and got married. Yay. In my new town, I found yet another job starting in July. I was thrilled to finally have steady work. But mere days before I was scheduled to start, the mom lost her job, meaning that the family no longer had the need for my services nor the means to hire me. After around a dozen interviews, I was getting extremely discouraged. Nothing seemed to fit. Finally, I heard from the most recent family that had previously hired me. The mom had a new job, and I was welcome to start in October. Even though that was months later, I decided to say yes. I had no other viable options and decided to use the unexpected time off to work on making my and my husband's new house a home. I'm excited to report that I began work on October 6th, and this job is still going strong. The first few weeks were rough because an out-of-town grandparent was visiting, which complicated my job. As a child care provider, having adults in the home while I'm working can be frustrating at times. She left two weeks ago, and I finally feel that I have a firm footing here. I'd like to commemorate the fact that I finally found my groove at work, even though it took a while to get there. The twins I watched just turned eight months old, and they are precious. Thank you for reading my email and for the work that you do. Good job, Caitlin. I hate transitions personally, and so she sounds like she weathered that one very, very well, and it's such a powerful moment to celebrate and commemorate because you want to remember, I think, what it feels like to be in that place where you're like, I'm never going to get out of this. Nothing's going to happen. And then like, bam, look, you're already, she's, I mean, she started October 6th. Here it is almost December 6th. She's been there for two months. Like that's what I always try to tell myself when I'm transitioned is like, okay, I'll blink and I'll look back at this and like, remember when that was so stressful and look, it's been over for six months, but it's just so hard when you're in the moment. So I think cultivating that memory of like, okay, I'm celebrating that I got through this. It felt like it was impossible. It felt like it was going to never end. And here I am on the other side of it is so important. I think we can be kind of dismissive of the pain of professional transitions sometimes, Mm -hmm. too. I was thinking this week about how 
we don't ask kids what they want to do when they grow up. We ask them what they want to be. Be. We Mm -hmm. associate so much of our identities with the work that we're doing. And so when you are between jobs, when you've been let go, when your job has been rendered obsolete, I think about some of the images I saw from a vigil that was held in Ohio around the closing of GM plants. And there were grown men in tears in these pictures kind of standing with their community members praying for direction for the next step. We are so invested in our work and these moments in our lives are really traumatic. So Caitlin, I'm so glad that you are on the other side of that now and happy. And I can tell you personally that the people who care for your children just hold a place in your heart, unlike any other. And I hope that family is growing to love you as you grow to love them and that it's a great relationship for all of you. I'm going to start asking kids. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a lot of confused look from f- five-year-olds when I'm like, the average adult will have approximately six to seven job changes in careers. What do you think one of yours would be? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what we good. just start saying to kids. What do you want to learn as an adult, right? What do you <laughs> When you grow up, what, what kinds of things are you interested in? Oh. We're going to take a quick break and come back with some listener feedback. Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. Your vitamins get delivered right to your door in personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs, perfect for a busy, on-the-go lifestyle. Care Of's fun online quiz asks you about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices, and takes only five minutes to find out what vitamins and supplements you specifically need. 90% of people fall short of the FDA-recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. Take Care Of's quiz and get the vitamins you need to get back on track and reach your health goals. Care Of vitamins are also packaged in these fun, little, easy, on the go packs, but they have like a quote or a fun fact on each one, which for me is a nice hook to get me to want to remember to take the vitamins. I'm really bad about forgetting these things. And I think that in every way, Care-of has designed these to be a routine that you can commit to. For 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter the code NUANCED. Again, for 25% off your first month of personalized Care-of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and use code NUANCED nuanced. Last week, we talked about gift giving and the difficulties of finding that perfect gift, particularly for people like husbands and grandparents, particularly grandfathers I always struggle with. And so I think our next sponsor, Skylight Frame, is such a great solution to this struggle. Skylight Frame is a photo frame you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. Sending photos to Skylight is effortless. Everyone in the family can just email them to your personal Skylight email address, and they'll pop up in seconds. It has a black frame and white mat, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10-inch touch screen. You can swipe through photos with your fingers and even tap to thank the person who sent a photo. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. You can preload it with your favorite photos for a personalized gift. Import pictures of you and your significant other or spouse or grandparent that they didn't even know you had. I think this is such an awesome idea. I have noticed that gifts that include some pictures of my children 
tend to score Mm -hmm. very high for people in my life. But this is a way to not only make it about your children or your family, but to give them something that they can enjoy with their extended networks of people. So I think it's just a genius way to kind of update what we think about in terms of digital photos. I got it. I set it up and I immediately texted my mom and aunts and uncles and was like, okay, y'all need to get together and get this for Nanny, my grandmother. Because don't you see, it's so pitiful when they print out like text photos and you can tell like they even, they tried to print out a screenshot of the phone or it's like a really just bad printout because they want those pictures around that that we're all texting them all the time. And I think this is such a great solution. Now they have a beautiful frame. The pictures are there that they're getting from all their different grandkids or family members or friends in a way that they can continue to enjoy. Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code LIFE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code LIFE. So we talked about gift giving last time and Nicole shared a strategy that I think is really important. She says, loved your episode on The Nuance Life about holiday gift giving and wanted to share a strategy my boyfriend and I came up with. This is our second year and we've really enjoyed it. So we call it Christmas Bingo. We set five different categories of gifts and an overall spending cap. For example, our categories are silly, practical, material, clothes or jewelry, a joint experience, and something handmade. This way we ensure that we're even with our gifts and there's no ruined expectations. Nicole, you had me at bingo. I'm just going to put that out there. This is like sort of like a checklist, which we all know I love. I think this is a really, really fun idea. It reminds me of what my husband and I did one year for valentine's day like we picked instead of somebody doing something kind of funny and somebody doing something romantic and getting all mad we did prank jokes for valentine's day i 300 won because i got us matching airbrushed t-shirts that said nicholas's girlfriend hands off and sarah's boyfriend hands off they're amazing i still have them i love this idea that like kind of mixing up the categories and so everybody can do can sort of, like she said, match up the gifts. I think it's brilliant. Love it. I think it's fun too. We also got some answers to this question on Instagram. We did an Instagram story and asked for people to contribute to the conversation. And a couple of people mentioned how important it is just to not feel pressured to give a gift to every single person. Mm -hmm. And I think that is super important. It kind of got lost in our conversation that you just have to do this. And you definitely don't. My pastor this Sunday was just generally on fire about the Christmas season. One specific suggestion she had is to remember that, especially for Christians, the Christmas story is about giving to the least of these. And she said, you know, just give people a card that says you made a donation in their honor to some organization in your life that's doing good work for the least of these. You know, try to match your contribution to society with what you spend on gifts for people in your life. And I thought that was such a great and important challenge. 
We also got an email from a listener who said she started to feel really down. They have some economic challenges in their personal family. And so listening to like all the conversations about gift giving sends her into a tailspin of anxiety and frustration. And I totally understand. I have 300 percent been there. In 2011, my husband lost his job in early November, and he was the only person with income in our family at that time. So it was a really challenging holiday season. We made all kinds of changes. Ended up being featured in USA Today, which is kind of interesting. I'll put the link in the show notes because there was a lot of people at that time, I think, rethinking the holidays. And, you know, it was so connecting for us as a family because we went all in on it together. You know, I talked a little bit about the present he we gave each other that year when we weren't spending money. He created a playlist and I created a website of recommendations from his friends We pulled presents that we, I used to not give my children all their birthday presents when they were little, side note. You should totally do that. They don't get it when they're like two or three. They're not paying attention. You can definitely swipe half that haul and stick it in the attic for Christmas. Pro tip. Um, So we gave our kids that stuff. We used a borrowed tree. We usually have a holiday open house. Instead that year, we did a small potluck with friends and had like an ugly Christmas sweater party. And it was just, you know, we did email cards instead of sending cards. We did all kinds of things, and it was like we were in it together. Instead of finding a stressful situation, which it was, no doubt about it, it was still stressful. But it was sort of a challenge, and it, and I think a lot of the changes that we made, we still, we still do. I mean, this year we skipped the real tree because I lost my election, which means that's going to be some changes to our finance. So we sort of thought through some, some holiday changes. It's, it doesn't. You know, I get caught up in the trap of every Christmas has to be the same. You have to meet every single tradition. You have to buy every person the same present. You have to do all these things. And it just doesn't have to be that way. Nothing is lost if a tradition gets skipped. You can still pick it up the next year. Sometimes it creates special memories. I mean, we've all seen a Christmas story. The turkey gets eaten. That sucks. And then they go and have the special Christmas at the Chinese restaurant. So I think just releasing a little bit of the expectation and making sure you don't have stealth expectations, no matter what your finances are, is always a good sort of practice around the holiday season and particularly around gift giving. I agree with that. It is not the only Christmas. And so Uh to me, if you can preserve the feeling of Christmas, that is the most important thing. And there are all kinds of, not just economic circumstances, sometimes people just don't have the energy to deal with everything that the holiday demands. And so then I think Christmas means fill your cup in whatever way you need to fill your cup. Have some days at home in your pajamas. Don't go anywhere. Don't, you know, just skip a lot of the, the work of the holiday. Because if we aren't coming out of this season feeling renewed, I think we've done something wrong. I think that's what the season is supposed to be for. Chad was saying to me, you know, if you really look at the year and the holidays we celebrate, you can just see that throughout human history, no matter what people believe in, about once a quarter, they need something. They need something a little bit energizing. And I think that's what this season should be, a little bit energizing. Totally agree. Well, thank you all for sharing your stories with us. We hope that you will continue to do that. We'll be back here with you next week for more of your commemorations. You can catch us on Pantsuit Politics on Friday between now and then. Keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.